I'm Daniel, the Past Life Regressionist, and it's time to begin. This is Timeless Spirituality. Hey everyone, welcome back to Timeless Spirituality. Today's episode, it's all about marbles, planning for the next life, and some other stuff too. Yeah, I summed that up nicely. With that said, if you would like to book a regression with me to discover who and where you have been throughout time, you can reach me on Instagram at The Past Life Regressionist or on my website, thepastliferegressionist.com. And now, it's time to begin. Gabriella, welcome to Timeless Spirituality. How you doing? I am great. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thanks for being here. All right. Of course. First question. You ready for it? Uh-huh. What is your favorite song about time and why? Yeah. I think my favorite song about time is a Bob Dylan song that my dad used to play when I was a kid, the times they are a changing. And the reason why is not only do I love his voice, but I think it motivates you to have the carpe diem kind of mindset where you realize this is your life. And throughout this life, you should achieve all the things that you want and try all of the things that you want. So I think you can interpret it multiple ways, but that's my reading of the song. I always loved listening to it when I grew up. So I think it just reminds me of my childhood as well. I always thought it was a song about revolution, but I like your interpretation of it. <laughs> yeah, it probably is. I think there are multiple interpretations, both positive and negative. But for me, that's what I took from it. Then again, I couldn't really understand a lot of what he was saying in that song. So yeah, you know, he's not Bob the Dylan. <laughs> but the times they are changing that's like the only thing you can't understand yeah i like that line Mm -hmm. well cool so who is gabriella well i am a spiritual guide i am based in san diego california and i use a number of different healing modalities so i'm a tarot reader i do uh, reiki sessions as well and i'm trained in yoga many spiritual disciplines and i mainly work with women today to help find their purpose and help get them on a path that feels full of clarity and joy yeah that's pretty cool i I always get tongue-tied with that i i really have to develop a catchphrase or something i don't know or i could just be myself yeah that would probably be better if i'm just myself i don't think about it too much anyways let's talk past lives yes Gabriella, it's been about a year and a half since we had your session. Mm -hmm. Why was it that you wanted to have a session? Yeah, I have always been extremely fascinated by past lives. So I mentioned to you, I think previously, when I was younger, I would read tons of books on past lives, near-death experiences, all of this kind of stuff. And I always felt from a young age like, 
I have a soul, which is not super surprising, but I felt like I had some bigger purpose and I wanted to understand kind of the deeper parts of my soul. And the idea that I've had past lives before really resonates with me because when I came into the world, I'm not trying to sound egotistical, but I felt like I had some prior knowledge. Like I felt kind of wise or kind of different. And I think you read about that a lot if you read about indigo children and stuff like that. So I always was very curious about it. And it was just a question of finding the right time, the right person. So I can't believe I waited 20 something years to get my session, but it was totally worth it. And it was completely life-changing. It was a cool session. There were some yeah. marbles there. I guess that's <laughs> yeah. a little teaser for what's to come. Yes. Would you mind recapping the experience and what came up for you during the regression part of the session? Yeah. So I had a lot of different past lives. I think you mentioned partly because I'm intuitive. It was very easy for me as well to drop in. And I had your amazing guidance alongside that. But I saw at least seven different lives. The first one I saw was a little bit depressing. I was in a jail and I remember you asking me, what can you learn from this life? And I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> like, I just feel like I'm just trapped in this place. And I feel like that was just like cleansing out some karma or something like that. But that was the first life. And then I had a number of other lives, all of which were very clear. I had one as an Egyptian where I was kind of like a, a maid or a servant, I suppose you could call me. And I remember there was this big procession, like a prince was going to become a king. And the really cool thing about that life in particular was you asked me, do you know this person, this king in your life as Gabriella? And when you said that, I had somebody in my mind and all the dots kind of started to connect for me. Oh, okay. That's why I had that kind of relationship with this person. So that was super interesting. And then there were a whole bunch more. I, um, I was a monk in one of the lives. I was planning my life in one of my other lives, as I'm sure we'll get into. Yeah. Yeah, that's the meat of it right there, the planning one with yes. the marbles. Yes. Let's just, yeah, let's jump right into that. And I think it would be cool if you just kind of recap it, what came up for you, and then we just kind of talk about it because... This is the first time that I'm going to be bringing anything up of this nature on the podcast, except for my own experience, which I've already brought up on the show about the mm -hmm. planning for my life. Mm -hmm. But yours was more, I would say was more vivid. So we're just going to break it in with that. So what came up for you on the other side? So I recall you asked me to kind of um, tell you about my body. And I remember just feeling really light. So that was the first thing I remember saying to you, I don't really think I have a body. I feel more like a spirit or like an angel. You're like, oh, that's interesting. Okay, well, what are you, what are you doing? You know, you're asking me all these questions. And basically what I saw was the closest thing I could describe it as is almost like the Akashic records. I was in this big library with all of these different books. And I just had this feeling I could touch one book and I could learn everything in that moment. And I remember you were asking me, what kind of books are you reading? And I was like, a lot about psychology and emotional balance, which is just so funny because that's my background is psychology. And you were like, oh, well, you know, why are you reading those? And I was like, I really need that in my next life. Like that is so important. 
And then I saw myself sitting at this table and I was next to this other spirit. I could sense their presence next to me. And I had like this, it was like a map in front of me and then a jar. And there were all of these marbles and all of the marbles represented something different, like conflict, love, spiritual growth, themes like that. And I could place them on the map and kind of mix and match in the same way that if you're plotting like a journey or you're going to war or something like back in the, the olden days, they would plot that on a map. And um, once I had confirmed what I wanted, I would take the marble and put it in the jar. And that meant I had chosen that for my next life as Gabriella. Do you remember what some of those were? Kind of. What I do remember really vividly is I chose only a few. Like, I want to say I probably had six marbles. It was not a lot. And those were significant events or challenges I chose. Whereas the spirit next to me was just filling up his jar with tons and tons and tons of marbles. And I remember saying to him, you're crazy. You're crazy. Stop. It's going to be such a hard life. He was like, I don't care. I want to do it all in one life. I want to get it all done, all the lessons, everything. And so I remember that being kind of a point of tension. And I laugh because I'm pretty positive. I know who that person is <laughs> and our personalities are very different in that way. Me being more kind of slow and balanced and him being like really such a go-getter. So yeah, that was really fascinating. Do you remember with the marbles, if it felt like there was a system in place or did it feel like it was more of a free flow? I guess, were you magnetically drawn to doing it that way or did it feel like it was maybe I don't want to say a projection of a way just for us to understand it as you were experiencing it or did you feel like that that's really the way that it goes down there yeah well in the moment it felt extremely intuitive like it almost felt like nobody had really had to explain it to me which is interesting it was this vibe of I stepped into the room and I knew what I had to do and I have heard that if you believe in other realms, like intuition is how you operate, you don't need to speak as much. So that kind of intuitively made sense to me. But I distinctly remember I was sitting down, I had all my supplies. And then you asked me, is there anybody else in the room? And I remember feeling the presence of like six to eight other people kind of felt like they were back in the corner. And those were like teachers and guides. And I felt my grandmother's presence really strongly there too. So I had this feeling like it was a process, but nobody was like breathing down my neck or anything. I could do it how I wanted to. And then if I wanted to ask them, which I would call them my soul family, if I wanted to ask them for extra guidance or their opinion or support, I could go over and just ask them. I don't know why this is the visual just came up for me right now, but it's like the NFL draft where... <laughs> You have everyone watching like, oh, what's the next pick? What's, what are they going to choose next? What's his team yeah. going to choose? What's his team going to choose? And then everyone who's watching is like, oh, my God, really? That one? Or yeah, 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 that's mm -hmm. what we wanted. Am exactly. I completely off base there? Or that's kind of how it felt. I mean, no. maybe not to the detriment of your choice, but just with that observation aspect. No, I, I totally think that's spot on. It, it felt like, you know, I have a little bit more space than I guess the NFL draft, but, and I remember very clearly, you asked me, what does this whole process feel like? And I just had this overwhelming feeling like it's like going to summer camp. 
because you're like, okay, so you're planning your life. Like that's what seems to be happening. And so what happens once you planned it? And I just had this feeling. It was almost like, okay, I know what I have to do. Like, these are the main things I'm going to experience. And I'm just going to go off to camp, which is earth. My friends and my soul family is going to be here the whole time. And I can always come back whenever I want to, but I'm just going to go on this like extended experience and then eventually return. From my observations, when I encounter, look, I don't like to, I don't like to place labels on people. I don't like to place a label on someone as an old soul or a new soul because Mm -hmm. my belief is that the most naive person in the world could be the oldest soul because it's a lesson that they just hadn't experienced yet. So Mm -hmm. they're saying on the other side, you know what? I got one more life, one more lesson I haven't done. So I'm going to go down and I'm going to be the gesture or, or the fool or that super naive person. Whereas from the outside, people may deem them a very new and naive soul. With all of that said, I don't believe that you're a new soul. I believe that you you came in this life with wisdom. You just you have that presence, just exuding soul wisdom and soul knowledge. But from my observations, when I encounter who I believe to be, I'll just deem them the souls with more wisdom. Mm-hmm. It feels like they're the ones who stack that bowl of marbles full of marbles for lack of a better term that they're not just picking six they're picking 20 and it's Mm -hmm. that struggle and strife that they face in their earlier years and even maybe a little bit later that sets them on a trajectory to understand how to become an intuitive healer or some kind of human guide for others still that's just my observation doesn't make it an absolute it's just what i see so i guess my question for you is Do you think it's possible to intuitively feel why only six and why you may have bypassed the experience of just filling up that bowl full of marbles in order to, because look, I believe that you're here to help a lot of people a lot. And I still, I feel that a lot of, a lot of help comes from personal experience, which of course you have, like you've lived a life up until this point and you you've gained experience through that Mm -hmm. why why do you think that yeah you didn't have to fill your bowl full of marbles (laughs) in order to be someone who's here to help people yeah it's a good question the first thing that comes to mind is i feel like the soul next to me has been so consumed with all of the lessons that he's had to learn like throughout his life that it's almost to a point where He can only focus on himself, like only on what he has to process and go through. Whereas I think there was a part of my soul that was like, you know what, I'm just going to choose six big ones so that I can really integrate them and make sure that they become part of my being and part of my teachings and all of that stuff. And I think I did want to help many, many, many people. And then all of that said, I think there is an element of feeling like, you know, when I was there in that room, it was so familiar to me. It was like being in my house. It was like, I've been there a million times before. So that feeling makes me think that I definitely have had many lives, like many, many uh, sessions in that room, in that space. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think, I think that was part of it. So if we're going for the NFL draft analogy, maybe you were 
veteran in the room. Yeah. <laughs> played a lot yeah. of seasons. I think so. And the part about the books was just so funny. Like I could have learned anything, but I was specifically learning psychology, emotional balance, how to stay calm in stressful situations. And um, I just knew that was going to be so important to the work that I ended up doing when I came here as Gabriella. So I think it also depends what you choose. So for everyone listening, I'm sure you can hear how calm her presence is. Because I think you, you had just said, what was it the way you phrased it about staying calm in stressful yeah. situations? Was that mm -hmm. what it was? Yeah. yeah. So you're just like exuding calmness right now. How do you feel that those other marbles have helped you become a more well-rounded practitioner of helping people? Hmm. Good question. I guess really what my question is, what do you feel you took from the other side that you kind of had working to your advantage in this life and you already had that energy on your side in order to yeah. aid you in what you're doing? Totally. I think for me, it's like this deep sense of peace. Like I talk to some people and they have this big fear of death or this big fear of, oh my gosh, like what if nothing comes after this life? And that was never on my radar whatsoever. It was just never a concern. I just felt intuitively like, no, I'm a soul. And in this life, I'm Gabriella. I have a purpose in this life. And I know that I'm going to be safe even after this life is over. And I think also reading all of those books as a younger child and person was very formative for me because I wasn't super anxious yet. You know, I, I hadn't even gotten old enough to be really anxious about anything super important. So yeah, I think there was just this deep sense of peace and, and connectedness to everything. Because when I was a child, I would go out into nature and I would just write all of these stories and I would feel so connected to nature. And there was a sense of like, we are like, I am the trees, I am the rocks, I am the animals and really feeling like an animal soul and all of that. I, I felt that from a young age. So the only way I can describe it is it's because I had experienced it previously. That was just the feeling I had. How do you feel that those six marbles assist you as a tarot reader? Yeah, I think it's in two ways. One is the practice and one is the emotional aspect. I did have a past life as a monk, which I saw with you and I was giving people readings. So I think part of the marble is also like your purpose. Like my purpose is to help surface things for people and help confirm their intuition. So that's like the practitioner part of it. So that marble is super important. Um, and then the emotional side of it, being so obsessed with psychology and behavior change and all of that stuff, those marbles are extremely helpful because every time I do a coaching session and we're trying to get to the core of the issue or what is the reason that something isn't changing, I definitely rely upon that marble of emotional balance and going deep. So with that psychological knowledge, I have a question for you as a practitioner. I have mm -hmm. had readings myself, tarot and astrology, where the practitioners, and this has happened multiple times for me. Mm -hmm. I think especially with the astrology readings where I'm like, you should know better. You know my chart. <laughs> you, you should know how to talk to me. 
Yeah. And I mean, I'm bringing this up right now because I feel that a lot of people listening to the podcast are people who are thinking about venturing into Mm. these fields as someone in a position to help others and deliver a message to others. Whereas if I'm reading a chart for someone else and I see what could be deemed as a difficult transit, I never want to deliver it in doom and gloom. The underlying theme of my message will usually just be, you have the opportunity for a lot of growth coming up. You're going to grow a lot in the next year or Mm -hmm. however long that transit may be. Again, I've had the practitioners who have said all the wrong things to me. Yeah. And as a practitioner who incorporates, let's just say cooler heads will prevail. Mm -hmm. What would be your advice to those practitioners out there who may get a little trigger happy or a little excited when they get to deliver a message that really has the potential to shake up someone's life? Yeah. Well, I think it's a question of what are you leaving that person with and who do you want to be as a practitioner? Do you want to be motivating? Do you want to be demoralizing? Honestly, some people just are very hardcore with their messaging and don't really think about how it's received. And they don't think about how that might affect the other person's life or lives. Um, I mean, I've had readings myself where the reader was just so, this is what's happening. There's no free will. Nothing's going to change. And I left feeling like, oh my gosh, that like totally freaked me out and I don't feel good about it. And I feel almost like off put by the whole thing. So I think the advice is, especially when you're dealing with this type of work, which has an element of it feels intuitive or it feels faded, there's an element of faith there. And that person is trusting you and trusting your presence. And you have a responsibility to not only deliver a message where they can actually do something productive with it, (laughs) as in you're not telling them, okay, this horrible thing is going to happen and that's it and your life is over. You're giving them, okay, well, how do you change the message? Like you're giving them an opportunity for growth. And circling back to past lives, we all have different lessons that we've chosen. At least that's what I believe. I think that's where the marbles come in. So it's like, how do you help them understand this is just part of their path and it helps them become more enlightened to go through these things, whether positive, negative, everything in between. So yeah, I kind of like to take this behavioral coaching approach to delivering messages because it's it's just nicer and it's it's what the other person needs to hear to actually help spread more love and light across the world. So call me selfish right now, but it's just dawned on me that I have this big ball of wisdom that I'm talking to. <laughs> so I'm like, hmm, maybe I should utilize this right now. I've seen her on the other side. She's pure wisdom. So yeah, hope you don't mind. I'm going to ask you a couple questions. Still that I think may be universal in helping other people, but... <laughs> Where I have an opportunity to learn a few lessons in the process as well, while making myself Mm -hmm. probably not look that great, but it's okay because it's all a big learning lesson, right? (laughs) It's all an opportunity for growth. All right. So Gabrielle, a big ball of wisdom. I look at my clients' charts before a session. So I really get to know them as they're telling me their life story, and it really brings the chart to life for me. Mm -hmm. And then I also get to know them in their past lives. So I see the correlations and how it set them up in past lives to have this current lesson and yada, yada, yada. I see a lot of patterns. Mm -hmm. 
I just knock something off my desk right now. It means I'm probably getting fidgety for, <laughs> I think we're really about to bring all this up right now. I see a lot of patterns and I feel like that gets me in the swing of having a deeper understanding of how to potentially interact with these people and help them. And there's one particular placement, which I will not name right now, because if I name it, what I've seen the pattern to be for this particular placement is it's always worst case scenario. Always. Their minds mm-hmm. always go to the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. And I like to say to these people, every little thing is going to be all right. I've said it more than once. And I've recently found out through the grapevine that in delivering that message to someone, they thought I was implying that something horrific was on the horizon for them, which I definitely wasn't. I (laughs) definitely was not saying that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I said it to this person because... I've just seen that pattern of them always freaking out right? about any given situation, always thinking worst case scenario. So it was my way of saying, everything is going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Hoping that by saying that to them, they may hear that whenever they're freaking out, just say, everything is going to be okay. Mm-hmm. So I guess my curveball question for you is, when may a positive message be detrimental to someone? I think a positive message can be detrimental if it causes a person to be kind of naive or to like gloss over the learning that's meant to take place. Mm -hmm. So let's say I'm just making this up. Let's say I'm doing a tarot reading and I see a lot of really positive cards and it seems like they're going to meet the love of their life and get married and that's there for them. That's in their future well, that's really positive. And they might latch on to that part so hardcore that they kind of forget about really paying attention to like building that relationship, like getting really into the depths. And, you know, sometimes it, I guess what I'm trying to say is it can make somebody have a bit of a a one track mind. Like they focus only on that, that core event, as opposed to all of the other growth that is meant to happen But um, with what you're saying, which I think is really interesting, is when patterns repeat themselves, I feel usually there's a spiritual lesson there. Like there's something to be unlocked because the same situations will happen again and again and again, just with different people, different locations, you know, different circumstances. But it's the same behavior that's taking place over a period of time. And so I see this spiritually as well, which is why I wanted to comment on it. Usually it's a sign that that person needs to shift out of that, that cycle or that pattern and try something else. So sometimes as a, as a practitioner, I think the best thing we can do is surface that for them and help them, help them start to think about, well, how would I do it differently? So when you're saying them, you're referring to me right now, right? (laughs) Well, you, but the clients too. Yeah, the clients who are experiencing whatever that that repeating cycle is, because that's a real thing that totally happens. And what was interesting about that information coming to my awareness was that I felt like I embodied some of their characteristics because I thought about all the other times that I've said that to people. I believe my heart was in the right place by saying, everything is going to be okay. Every little thing is going to be all right. Well, you remember, every little thing is going to be all right. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) 
when I was doing more damage by telling someone everything is going to be okay. Right. And, but then it makes me wonder, what would be the alternative? Would it be better to tell them, oh, there's doom coming. Everything is going to be awful. Just think of everything that could go wrong and more. And then you're going to be okay. Then every little thing is going to be all right. Because you will have thought of every worst case scenario. And then it won't be as bad as that. As I'm saying it out loud, that sounds ridiculous. So I guess, what do I do in a situation like that? If I'm feeling inclined to say to that particular placement, because I feel that anyone else who would receive that would be like, that was really nice. Maybe not everyone. Maybe there are other aspects Mm -hmm. that are being made in a chart where they could be triggered by the message of every little thing is going to be all right. But then seriously, it really made me think about all the other times that I've said that. And and I'm like, oh boy. Yeah. I'm like, I can do no right. Well, your intention was coming from a good place, which I think is the first thing. So that's good. You're applauded for that. I feel like it's one of those things where and you're kind of getting into a lot of behavior stuff now. So if someone's dealing with something really hard, you know, obviously we don't want to like gloss over their hardship. So I think the first thing is always kind of coaching them around, well, what is your awareness of the situation? Like, how are you feeling in your body? Is your heart starting to beat faster? Is your pulse quickening? Like, are you feeling sweaty? Are you feeling nervous? And actually like coaching them on that before it happens because if you're seeing that there's going to be some kind of crazy event or crazy thing coming up, I would start to try and lay the foundation for some of those tools. Like, okay, well, looks like over the next year, there's going to be quite a bit of change for you. Some of it is going to be good. Some of it is going to be challenging in the challenging moments. Make sure that you really check in with yourself and notice as soon as you can, how you're feeling. If you're feeling nervous, if you're feeling like everything is terrible and there's a whirlwind pause, (laughs) take a deep breath. It's a really good time to throw in the other interventions like journaling, uh, breath work, Reiki, you know, things that support their healing modality. Cause sometimes we can't change the events in our lives, but we can change our response to it. So just kind of putting them into understanding that at the end of the day, how they react to things is in their control. And sometimes when there's a situation where it feels like you just can't control anything at all, the only thing you can control is really your breath, your thoughts, and your reaction. Yeah. I wish I would have got some of my readings from you. (laughs) Yeah. And I will say there are all different types of readers out there, some who I resonate with, some who I question. And that's the other thing, right? Like, especially with tarot, there's not... A particular certification like you can you can get a license in it i have a license but like you don't really need a license in order to practice so also making sure that you are truly working with people that you resonate with like you feel that sense of peace or that sense of calm you feel the trust with them if you don't feel that then i would be very careful or mindful before you go and book a reading with all of that said How can everyone work with you? Yes. So you can work with me by booking on my site. It's my last name, alziari.co. So A-L-Z as in zebra, I-A-R-I dot C-O. That is where you can get tarot sessions, Reiki sessions, 
coaching and tarot mentorship if you're interested in learning about the tarot and becoming a reader yourself. Um, and then if you're just interested in some of my other resources, I have a YouTube channel. It's called Spirituality with Gabriella. And that's like a really good way to see if you resonate with my style, get readings for yourself, kind of get a little bit of a, a sneak peek. And then I have Instagram too, spirituality underscore. Well, thank you so much for being here. And thank you for sharing your big ball of wisdom and insight with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. This was amazing. And it's always lovely to connect with you. Ditto. Yay. Yay. I, know, I get all bashful at the end. <laughs> thank you. Fellow time travelers, your journey through time awaits you. Just want to thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. And if you're interested in discovering who, when, and where you have been throughout time, and you'd like to book a session with me, just go ahead and send me a message on Instagram at the Past Life Regressionist, or you can reach me through my website, yourpastliferegressionist.com.